And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Has Boobs. Oh, sorry, I meant Has Bens. That's what uh, we called it. Uh, Mace sent us our email for the stream, and he uh, called it Has Boobs. I like that. I like boobs. We all do, I think. So uh, we'll go with that today. Um, we're some Has Boobs this week. But uh, we don't have a guest for this week, but uh, we are going to talk the NCAA tournament. We're going to have our predictions. Um, who wins the first round? Who makes it to the Frozen Four? We'll give our our thoughts on that. I'm sure none of us will get anything wrong, um, but I'm joined by Jack Mason, Trevor Olson, Max Veach, and myself, Gage, or Azo, as you know me. Um, let's get into our weekend recap brought to you by Beauty Status. And folks, Beauty Status is an authentic Minnesota hockey brand. T-shirts, head covers, stickers for the man cave, flags, polos, they've got it all. Good Minnesota hockey stuff for all the fans out there. Go and check out Beauty Status on all socials. Their website is www.beautystatushky.com. Ols, what'd you uh, what'd you get up to this weekend? Yeah, I'm gonna bring it back for the full week because uh, it's a nice little story. But my uh, my brother runs Soda Signs uh, up in Duluth, um, and he actually won the bid for the women's Frozen Four. Uh, so he put up all the signage, um, the boards for the women's frozen four, all the locker rooms, um, pretty much any logo that you see. He also had to cover up every other, uh, like he had to cover up the Amsoil on the scoreboard and it was, it was a huge project. So I went up North to help him out. Um, it was a pretty large project uh, and it kind of caught us off guard. Um, but overall, he, that, he, that looked, that looked like a fucking lot of work. It was, I mean, it was I, yeah, I couldn't believe he got that bid. I mean, that's a huge job to get is a, and he just started out. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely awesome. He killed it. Um, I don't think he, you know, when you see the list of stuff, you kind of gauge, you know, how it's going to be and, and whatever. And when the NCAA got there, they had another full list for him to do. So it was just, it was overwhelming. But I did the whole uh, 24-7 shift. I worked my normal job remotely um, until 5, and then I went and helped him until uh, the end of each day. So that varied from 11 to 2.30. Putting up those... Putting up those boards were the worst fucking thing in the world. The worst fucking thing in the world. Oh. Now does he does he have to take it down or anything? Does he get those back, or they just he has to take it down? He has to take it all down as well. <sighs> oh, that's my tough. God. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I told him it's, it's probably easier to take it down because you just have to rip it down, right? Where oh, way, when, way when, it's, when it's going up, it has to be. He was so perfect on all of his measurements, yeah. everything. It was just a battle. Oh fuck. So Ols, how did he, I know when you send out those bids as a, as a, you know, you're just starting out, um, you might not have your bidding and estimating down correctly. How did he fare there? You know, did he, did he make some money? Did he break even? Um, I know sometimes even you, you, you don't see some expenses popping up and you could lose money, but it's obviously great advertising for him either way. 
Yeah, he, he made he made some good money. His his bid was right on, and and if they felt um, on some of the articles, you know, he bid too high on the printing process because he bid for the printing, uh, the you know the preparation of each sign and then putting up of each sign, and so he lost the bid on a couple of signs. So they went to somebody else and had it shipped to him. Um, where where next time he'll probably have a conversation like, hey, where can we meet in the middle on these signs that I'm not doing? Because some of the material that the other people did it with was absolutely miserable. But over, overall, he did he did really well on the bid. Um, he probably he probably could have gone higher. And I think once the day once the weekend was over and the final bid came through with all the extra stuff, uh, he's going to make a nice little penny on it. Yeah. And, and it he did a great job. It looked great. I mean, his stuff all looked great. And what it, what that reminded me of also was, I don't know if you guys seen the movie War Dogs with uh, Miles yes. Teller. And, oh, yeah. And they, when, they, when, they bid, when, when they bid for all the weapons and then they find out the closest, the, the next closest bid like was like millions away and they just lost so many million dollars. <laughs> it's, it's always a gamble. It is. It's a big time gamble. But uh, he did really well. It was, it was a battle. But... Uh, Ultimately, it was fun. Got to spend some time with my family, and then uh, over this past weekend, we I actually went to the Wild game with a bunch of Duluthians. Um, Forbes was playing with the Bruins. Well, he wasn't. He got hurt. And Neil Pionk ripped his ankle. Uh, snapshot the game before, so um, he ended up sitting up in the stands. But we had a good old time. I got absolutely buckled and passed out at about six o'clock. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I have a quick question on those boards. Um, since it was like a one weekend event, you didn't need to have them there for a long time. Did he just do vinyl over the, the plastic that's on the boards normally to protect those logos? That, that's what we did. And I couldn't remember, I couldn't re- really remember what the boards were like in Tampa when we played gauge. And I'm sure you don't remember either, but um, we just, we put the material right over the top and that was one of the bids he lost with the material. So sure. The, the material that we used sent from somebody else was super like it acted up so quickly. We had to sure. spray it. We had to spray it down with sealant. We had to spray the plexiglass and then stick it on and then squeegee it all out. And yeah. even if you had one little wrinkle, you had to start over it. it we, we went from six till two thirty to get three fourths of that wrinkle. That's, That's un- brutal. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're saying if he were to, if he were to won that bid, you guys would have had nicer material and it went on easier. He, he would have used different material. And even, even I don't know if I should say this because I don't know if any NCAA officials are listening, but there, there was one part where he mismeasured uh, the board. It was behind the net. Oh, yeah. And so he kind of went at an angle rather than riding the actual board. So we were short about this much on the vinyl. And he, he, put, he put his stuff on. And it was like, you didn't have to spray any applicant. You didn't have to do any of that. He put the sticker on, squeegeed it up, cut it out, and you didn't even notice. But it was oh, yeah. just, the material just went on so much cleaner. Yeah, that's hmm. funny. Well, that's a that's an interesting weekend. I like that. Um, Veach, what did you get up to? Uh, degenerate stuff. Hanging out with the uh, the fiance's friends. We ended up going to Lollapalooza as if I didn't get enough of West 7th uh, the weekend prior. So sitting there and this is like my old man take for the day every time i'm at a live event like that where they've got music and a ton of people 
the the music is just like one click too loud on everything that they've got where everybody is just screaming by the end of the night your voice is gone like you could do it one quick one click quieter and it wouldn't be so bad and i just i want everybody to do it and i get it you're a rock star up there for one night go all out and it's not the same people every year so you're going to do it big but it's just you know the annoying old man in me that had that that little thought <laughs> cross my mind um oh, yeah but then uh, Saturday woke up, same group of people. I mean, we all went home for the night, but ended up going out the exact same same group the next day. Did did a little bit of bowling and hanging out and just catching up, recapping of the night and what happened later because we all just kind of lost one another at those those places and just oh, yeah. figure out where everybody's going. And half the group is you know single and trying to get get their freak on with one gender or another. And it's just <laughs> those different stories in the morning are, are wildly different from, from the male's perspective and female's perspective and just, just how it comes back to you and just how you tell it, even if it is the story. So that was always fun to do a little bit of recap. And then, yeah, Sunday was just kind of relaxed, do some chores. I had to catch up on a little bit of work because I took off early Friday, but uh, pretty low key after that. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned both both genders kind of wheeling and dealing out there, um, you oh, know, yeah. throwing some lines in the water. I used to completely always think, you know, guys are horny. You know, guys are so horny. Guys always want. So- I think it's pretty equal. You know, I think I think girls are looking for it just as much when they go out some of those nights for sure. But the the <laughs> thing is, is is guys kind of have to guys kind of have to go out and get it, where girls can kind of wait and then choose which oh. one. Out, out I of always. The- I always said, yeah, exactly. I always said, you know, if I was a girl, oh my god, like that'd be so easy. You, you, have, like, you have seven hundred notches. I'd probably, yeah. oh yeah, hundred. You, I'd be, you know what, you know, a couple of girls, we know, I'd, I'd be them. <laughs> I, I told these girls because they're they're attractive, they're younger girls, they're successful, like they've got a lot going for them. I'm like, your kill rate on a night out could be like a hundred percent. You could be batting a hundred every single night you go out if you chose to and obviously you don't sometimes you don't feel like you just feel like going out hanging with the boys the girls whoever and i get that but like it is a wildly different scenario and guys just seem hornier i think because they have to try so much harder for success. that's a great point that's a great point yeah oh great weekend v trim villas that sounds awesome yeah um mace what'd you get up to this weekend uh, so I ended up going up to a, <clears throat> a buddy's cabin up in Balsam Lake. Uh, so took the trip over there Friday night, uh, and we were just watching March Madness and stuff. It was, there's still a shit ton of snow on the ground, so we couldn't really do a whole lot outside. Um, so slung some beers back, watched some March Madness. And then Saturday we took a little trip over to the Turtle Lake Casino where I uh, ran some craps for a little bit and then hopped on video poker for another hour and absolutely put in a shift there. And How was and, the run? Uh, How was the run? Did, did you do well? Um, I might have lost uh, like $115. Right. But, I mean, I mean, the problem was the craps table was super, super hot when we first got there. And then after that, it was just cold for like an entire round. Like, yeah. Oh, every time the line would get put on, someone rolls seven, and there it goes. So <laughs> it was a fun yeah. weekend, but uh, yeah, not too much. Yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome. Put I respect the casino run. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Anytime I can go and play craps, I'm there. I love that's my favorite casino game by a mile. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so fun. 
We don't have that one up north. We just got uh, we have blackjack at the Bear and then uh, slots only at Fondu. Now they took the blackjack tables out of Fondaluth. Well, you got pig. You got pig wheel up in the North Dakota bars here. It's a little similar. It's not the same, but uh, get a little get a little same feel to that. You know, pick a number, hope it hits. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Never mind. I'm thinking roulette. Never mind. That's just completely different. <laughs> I was trying to figure out which game you were talking about there because there's a similar game to that at all the Northeast bars over in, in Minneapolis. Here. Yeah, I was, I was completely wrong. We don't have a dice game. We should, but. Um, dice that, is that, fun. Yeah, dice is awesome. Um, yeah. Do you guys. I'm going off on a rant or a tangent right now, but. Um, do you guys believe this? I heard this story. I watched, I think I watched a documentary or something on, a, on this magic magician. And he, he practiced rolling the dice so many times where he could, he could roll it on whatever he wanted to, um, whenever he wanted to. He's, he, apparently he practiced for like 30, 30 straight years on rolling dice and how they landed and how they rolled. And he could roll it on a six if he wanted to land it on a six. Is he rolling one at a time? That I don't know. Okay. I feel I like if you use the exact same die over and over again, like you could get pretty close. I don't know if you could ever get it like a hundred percent. I think you could increase your odds. Like if you go, the one is palm up. I know there's a six on the other side. If I roll it at the exact same, you know, muscle. Well, and, and you get the same, you get the same flick and you like, you know, how, I don't know. It, it sounds there's, ridiculous. There's no way. There's <laughs> yeah. no way. Otherwise. I, I'm, I'll be I'll be practicing and I'll go murder the roulette or the. Uh, you, you need thirty yeah. years to do it, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, worth it yeah. though. Worth yeah, it. What's, yeah. it's coming out. Yeah, that's oh, that yeah. Uh, ten thousand hours of practice thing. Like that's how it takes yeah, long yeah. or how long it takes to be a master at something. So I, I guess I mean, I don't believe it, but yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Mace, good weekend. Um, Mine was pretty, obviously, Friday night, watch the Sioux game. Um, tough ending to that one. I actually turned it off when it went to overtime. I could just tell what was going to happen. Um, so I stopped there. But then Saturday, I uh, – why, why is my camera doing that? <laughs> just tap, tap your finger on it. It'll refocus it. Oh, it was doing it. It was going to. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, Saturday got to work. Actually, loaded a couple of trucks, packed up a packed up a house, loaded a couple of trucks that went to Wisconsin, and then we finished that up. And uh, it was St. Patty's Day pub crawl that day in Grand Forks. So a bunch of people were pub crawling, wearing green. Um, would have been electric if UND would have won. They didn't. Um, but at the end of the night, you know, the fellas all came to Joe Black's, all saw him there, gave him a hug. You know, there's I know there's some fans pissed off at him, but uh, I respect any fucking guy that chooses to come play here. It's not an easy deal. It's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to, to play college hockey. And, and college is something where you choose to go to that school, which I think is cool. And so I've got no I've got no hate for those guys. I felt bad for them, said I was sorry that I thought they did play well at the end of the year. Um, it's a tough league though. It's a tough league. So we all know that. And then Sunday, um, loaded a couple more trucks and then kind of just laid low. So not, not too much of a weekend. Um, but I do have, I am going to Florida this weekend. Um, 
to Fort Myers, which is going to be pretty fun. It's going to be nice to get out of this. You go. Are you going to watch some Florida Everblades games? I actually, I, I thought about it. If there's a game there, I, I might, I'm going to get a ticket and watch Cameron. Cameron <laughs> is an absolute legend down there in Florida. Everybody oh, I can't. I'm going to go to the bars and ask if they know his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they for sure do. That guy's yeah. a sicko. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, did you see his new bucket, by the way? He just posted yeah. that. It looks sick. Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's my weekend and my future weekend plans there. Let's move on to our predictions. We're going to talk about the tournament. We're going to go through every matchup. Um, Veach, do you want to start us off somewhere? I don't even know where to start here. Okay. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and we're going to go from what, in my opinion, makes the most sense from a regional bracket to the least sense so that we've got a little bit more to talk about there. So the one that makes the most sense is the one that follows the pairwise and what it should be from a true integrity bracket anyway. And that's in Manch Vegas, Manchester, New Hampshire. We've got BU versus Western. I think that's the first game of the tournament on uh, Tuesday afternoon, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken there. And then your second matchup there is Cornell and Denver. So uh, a lot of heavy teams there, uh, a lot of high scoring in that BU Western matchup, but that's, that's what we've got for Manchester. Um, I think you guys want to start with uh, BU and Western. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said this online earlier. If the over under for that game were set at eight, uh, I'd probably still take the over. Uh, I think there's, you know, (laughs) Camesso and Poland and all the guys on both squads there, you can probably list four or five from each team are just absolute menaces. You haven't seen either one of those goaltenders really steal the game. Um, I think BU, you could make an argument for the last two, maybe just because they were a little bit more low scoring, but outside of that all year long, we've been seeing numbers put up by both of them. Um, I think that continues. And I think that, you know, BU hasn't had to face a team with the the scoring power of Western and Western sneaks out one after a really disappointing, um, you know, uh, NCHC playoff series that they had with uh, CC. Um, I think they come out and um, have a little bit of, you know, fire under them and uh, get an upset there. I like that. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to go opposite on this one. I do want Western to win. I really hope they do. I just think BU is kind of, I think, if I remember correctly, I think they started out the season pretty slow, and now they, they've worked their, themselves up to the number five seed. Um, they've gotten to be a little bit of a wagon recently. They just won Hockey East. Um, I'm going to have to go with them to keep keep buzzing along and, and win that game. Mace, what are you thinking? Uh, I think I'm going to go with Western, uh, just cause of their, uh, just cause of their top line, their scoring power. I mean, we've talked about it all year. Uh, they got a lot of offense, but not a lot of defense and I don't know. I think they're going to just light it up. I respect close, that. So. I respect that. I think uh, last change comes into play quite a bit in the tournament. So I think BU is going to match up well against that, uh, top line. So I'm going to go with BU as well. Oh, man. Mace, who did you say? I said Western. Okay. All right. All right. I'm not out on a limb by myself. I was just doing two. I was, I was making myself feel bad there for a second. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I didn't want us to all have the same exact picks. We saw that work for both Holy Cross and North Dakota last weekend. So <laughs> yeah. starting off on the right. Never works. Here. Never works yeah. out. Yeah. I did um, see a stat that said um, 
Western Michigan's top line has 136 points, uh, which is comparable to the Gophers' first line with 142 points. So, I mean. They're good. Yeah, they're good. I mean, it's going to come down to if if BU can stop them. That's the only way. Correct. If that, if that, is it Poland? Yeah. For Western, yeah. Yeah, if that if that guy gets on a on a streak here, that guy's nasty. That guy pulling pulling and McAllister. I don't know the other one on that line, but they can score. So I mean, it's going to come down to that. But to Beach's point, it's going to be very high scoring. I'd be su- very surprised if it wasn't like a five four final or something. Yeah, I just checked right now. The over under for that game is actually six and a half. So it is you know a full goal above the standard line for for college hockey or what's normally you know average for what we see with the better teams anyway um so yeah I, i'm gonna see fireworks on that one but uh i hope so on. those games are i hope so those games are fun to watch i love yeah. watching high scoring games just teams just firing playing terrible d yeah, just, yeah. what are you doing giving up eight two-on-ones i don't know like you're in the yeah. tournament play <laughs> play some d <laughs> like, it's gonna be wild because like i said i think that is the thursday afternoon game so if the the whole tournament starts off with just an absolute gong show on defense and just these breakaway goals like if you're one of those later teams to play that makes you nervous like you're seeing something that you haven't seen so far this year and i guess some of these other teams have played western or bu and they might be more familiar with it but like if you see it you know a, a college hockey game reach 10 points double digits which is rare and i don't think it's going to happen that much but like it's it's going to put you on your heels a little bit or you're going to want to go out there and maybe try and get some of those goals yourself and play outside of your comfort zone. So uh, I'd be interested to see if that has any real effect on how some of these other players um, perform under pressure. Yeah. Uh, next one, Denver versus Cornell um, in this, in this regional here. Um, this is a really big matchup in terms of size on ice there. I think Cornell is sneaky big. Uh, they play pretty physical all year. When you watch them, um, they've been able to body some of these other teams off the puck. They've had mixed results um, against both, uh, Quinnipiac and Harvard, who are their real competition in that conference there. Um, but the the real wild card for this one is is Denver. Magnus Krona is potentially dealing with an injury. I know he got pulled um, in their um, NCHC frozen faceoff game. So I don't know if that was precautionary or if there was a, a different you know issue going on there. I don't think they would ever come out and blatantly say it and give anybody a, a little bit of tip on information there. But It'll be interesting to see if, if they're coming out at full strength there in goal because, you know, he's not a you know top-tier goaltender, but he's certainly not bad either. He's a good, solid, you know what you're getting out of him every year. Um, and then on the opposite side, um, if talking about goaltending, Ian Shane for Cornell, he's like maybe number two or three in the nation in terms of um, consideration for the Richter. I don't know if he's ever going to get the, the recognition he deserves on that front, but... I think he's been, you know, really, really good all year. Save percentage, 913 goals against average of 1.76 only. So um, Denver's top line, Rizzo and and, uh, whoever else might have a a little bit tougher time putting puck in the back of the net. But I think that um, experience pays off. And and I'll say this, this is going to hurt me a little bit. If Duluth can sweep Cornell, I think Denver's not going to have any problem with it. Yeah, that's... That's what I was thinking as well. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the grain on this one. I might be the only probably the only one here. I'm gonna take Cornell to move on. And the reason okay. being the reason being is I think you know Denver is a little banged up. Um I've I've read some reports they are a little injured. 
Now, I don't know how much that has to do with playoff hockey. Um, usually when you're injured, you don't even feel it in playoff hockey. But <laughs> Denver Denver won last year. Um, so they don't have that little fire to, like, let's win one. You know, like, most of the guys on that team already have a ring, you know. And that little extra fire behind your back, like, it, it, it makes a little difference. Um, so which is why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call an upset there. And I'm going to take Cornell to, to play BU, which I'm, I'm going against both the NCHC teams there, but um, it is what it is. Before the other two go, I, I just want to give you guys more options here. Over, under for this one, five and a half. So it's right at that line that you think, and it's one and a half goals given up by Denver or taken you get with Cornell. I'll take the under then. Um, I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game, uh, especially if Krona is back. Um yeah. I like it. Um, I am going to go with uh, Denver. I just think they, they find a way um, in this first game. It's not going to be their, their typical um, blowout type fashion. It's kind of be, it's going to be a gritty game. It's going to be low scoring. I like Mace's pick there, but I, I got Denver. I, I think that's fair on both sides of that one. Um, do we want to go, you know, pick for the frozen four or save that for next week and just, uh, predictions? Well, uh, well, we have to, cause all games are played this weekend, aren't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, they will. Um, uh, in that case, I'm taking Denver. I, I think they go back. They, they rely on that experience to, to make a, a repeat run up there. I think they've got a really good program. Um, and this is all assuming that they've got a, a healthy enough roster uh, I think a matchup, if both of my picks come out there, Denver versus Western. Denver has owned that series all year, um, and they just do it one more time. I got uh, I got BU. I'm with Dulce. I got BU as well. Yeah. They're firing. Yeah. And those guys, they always – those BU guys, you know, they're always a little arrogant, a little cocky. You know, they're playing for BU right in Boston. They think they're pretty sweet. Um, I think we'll see them in Tampa this year. Yeah. And then I'm going to pick Denver. Uh, just the experience. They've already been there. I feel like they're an older team. I'm not 100% sure, though. So I'm going with Denver. Fair enough. Sounds like a Denver or BU, um, which, you know, we've got Cornell and Western winning some games here. So we got a mixed bag, which I, I love to see. I think they are going to be really good yeah. games in that in that regional there. Uh, I, want the known, that I want it known. I want it known, though, I would fucking love to see Western at, in Tampa. That would yeah. be oh, yeah. my day. Yeah. They, yep. it's, I, I, they might be, again, I think they're my favorite. That's who I want to win the national championship. A hundred percent. And just on the note, while we're talking about Western here, just a little bit of news. Um, there's early design renderings of a proposed privately funded downtown Kalamazoo event center. So they may be getting a new barn to be playing in. Um, and that may be a step to ensure that they're able to stay in the NCHC. That may be a step in the right direction of potentially like hosting some events that are larger in terms of college hockey. There being a more attractive site. Like if we have the one through four seed host at home, like I exactly. think it should be. Exactly. Fucking that puts Western right in the mix. And I got an I got an argument. Veach, I don't know if you got an argument with people on Twitter, but I was battling oh, yeah. a guy. He's like, "You want me to go through the list? Of how many NCAA teams?" can hold 3,500 people. And I'm like, yes, please go through the list of one through four seeds in the past 20 years that can't hold 3,500 people in their, in their stadium. And he's exactly. like, well, that's not the fucking argument, buddy. I'm like, yeah, it fucking is. It is. It absolutely <laughs> is. 
<laughs> that's who's hosting the, the comp like Atlantic hockey is never going to be, I shouldn't say never very rarely is Atlantic hockey going to be hosting any of these. And here's my argument against it. If you give that incentive, and I said this other places too, if you give that incentive saying, Hey, your number one seat is going to be hosting these, some of these other like fringe programs or like whether they're deciding to spend the money or not, they're going to be pushed to spend that money because they want that advantage. They want the ability to host those. Like, oh, yeah. why wouldn't you force, force the hand here? And I get that hockey isn't the most profitable sport in the NCAA, but like make somebody make moves to invest in it. And maybe it becomes more popular. I, I just, it drives me kind of for bonkers. Sure. For sure. For sure. Um, all right, we'll go on to the one that makes the next most sense to me. Um, this would be in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, Quinnipiac is not the host there technically, but they might as well be. I think they're the closest one by a long shot there. Um, Quinnipiac will be up against Merrimack. Um, originally, they were supposed to be up against um, Colgate because they got the last um, automatic qualifier bid, but obviously you can't have those two ECAC teams, so they switched uh, 15 and 14 over there, so they got Merrimack. Um, and then Harvard is up against Ohio State. And that's the series that I kind of want to start with here uh, because I think it is the the more important one in terms of the uh, potential for upsets. Um, and I don't know if you can really call it an upset between you know Harvard and um, Ohio State being that they're seven and nine. But um, I think Ohio State has played a tougher schedule all year, but they haven't come through in the really big moments other than beating Penn state in that game three in the big 10 tournament there. I, I think Harvard has what it takes to get it done. Um, the talent obviously with all their NHL draft picks and I, I've said it on here. I've gotten burned. I think every single time still that I've picked Harvard, but I refuse to go down fighting any other fight than, than going with the, the nerds and the crimson uh, of Harvard. I respect that. Mace, you want to go? Yeah, um, I'm going to take Harvard as well. Um, I just don't think uh, Ohio State is as consistent of a team as Harvard, and Harvard's got some goal scorers and some uh, offensive power, so I'm giving it to them. Nice pick. Nice pick, Mace. Nice pick, Mace. I'm going Ohio State strictly because Veach picked Harvard. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Smart He has bad bad luck picking Harvard traditionally. So I, I'm going to go Ohio State in this one. I'm I'm following Gage. I'm going to split us right down the middle. I'm going Ohio State. God damn it! This is this is where you guys kind of come back and and put me down further in the ranks here for my for winning percentage. And it, it pains me to do it, but I know the second I jump off of it, then then they end up winning. So uh, yeah, if I was smart, yeah. I'd be taking the the over under there, but I refuse to do it. That's the the coward's way out, and I, I won't be won't be called that. So. Yeah. Second matchup, uh, Quinnipiac versus Merrimack. Uh, I just went through the schedule, and you guys would be shocked to learn, probably not. Quinnipiac only has four wins against teams ranked in the top 20 right now. Obviously, we only got the top technically 14 in the tournament. Um, I don't know that they've had a really strong schedule on the opposite side of that. Merrimack was as high as six in the pairwise at one point this year. Did I think they deserved to be there? Absolutely not. Did they have a comeback season? you know, at the end to make it back into the tournament. Yes. Did they beat BU? Well, we'll just kind of skip over that, but they're hungry. Like they are overlooked by some people and they are, you know, I refuse to give them any sort of credit for, for whatever reason. They're my, my vendetta team this year. So 
Um, Quinnipiac was my vendetta team last year, so I, I feel like I owe it to them to pick Quinnipiac. Uh, Yana Peretz just steals another game for them. They aren't going to have a uh, a game where they're only allowing five shots, so he might actually get into a groove of stopping something for once. But um, you know, I think he's he's able to get it done for them. Going Q pack. Simple as that. Yeah, same here. QPAC, I think, is just on a different level than Merrimack. But I will say, I did call Merrimack making it, so. You did. You did. I'm, I'm going to go Merrimack. I like I, – I just think they're just a Cinderella story. I mean, who is fucking Merrimack? Like, where – who is – what are they doing in this tournament? And they made it – they just made it. They didn't They didn't win their tournament. They, they fucking made it pairwise. I think they got a good squad. I haven't seen a fucking single game that they played. I know I know Mike Babcock's son used to play there because he used to play on Ann Arbor, and I follow him on Instagram, and I saw him post. So I was like, oh, he's playing D3 or something. Nope, they're D1. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm going Merrimack. All right, all right. I, hey, you know what? I, I think if there's going to be an upset in the first round, I think that might actually be it. Between, you know, your 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 one seeds and whoever they're playing there. Um, yeah. I think that's probably got the best shot. Um, Even though I picked Western, we're just going to oh, – never mind, they're four or five. Anyway, uh, we'll go to Allentown next. Um, oh, don't, we, don't we have to pick who's coming out? Oh, you're right, we do. Um. Give me Harvard coming out of here in a shocker. Again, I'm picking them in the championship game. Assuming they make it there, that would be two in a row. They're getting me back on, and I'd still be down on the year. The Crimson are going to the Frozen Four. The Nerds are going to Tampa. Good call. I got Merrimack. Give it to me, Merrimack. Let's go. Merrimack makes their first ever. I mean, would that be their first ever Frozen Four? Probably probably not, but maybe. Probably not. First one in a long time, I bet. Yeah. And then I'm going QPAC just because of Yana Peretz. I think yeah. he's just too locked down. Not not too much is gonna get past him in this uh in this regional. Yeah. Um I'd have to look at his eligibility and how old he actually is now that Devin Levi is up in Buffalo. He's got a, a lot easier easier draw for those goaltending honors, but uh, we'll see. I'll have to look into that. Um We'll go to Allentown next. Uh, I would say that there's not necessarily anything that I dislike about this this regional, but I would say that the one seed here has probably the easiest path um, to the national championship, just given the the opponents that are in there. Uh, we'll go through them. Obviously, Michigan, the one I just talked about. Colgate did win their national tournament, but they're still ranked sub-30 in the pairwise right now. It's not great. Um, and so it's just you know a really tough look. Um, for a team like that, but they've been gritty. Oh, technically they're 28 now, so they did move up. Um, so regardless, they, 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 they have had a tough year, but they played well at the right times. I just don't see them being able to continue that uh, against a team like Michigan. Uh, and then you've got Penn State and Michigan Tech, neither of which made it to the championship game in their own respective tournaments. Uh, both have really stumbled in the second half of the year. I think Penn State is like 500 against um, positive positive win teams we'll just call it you know ranked teams at this point just to make it easier to say and then michigan tech blake piedelo was awesome all year and then he just kind of fell off the last couple of weeks that he was on the ice so um there's a lot of teams that have not really been hot coming into here obviously colgate has been in their tournament but 
Um, I, I really struggle to see Michigan having any trouble making it out of here. So I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. I'm taking them to make it to the Frozen Four, which means I'm obviously taking them in that first game. For the rest of you, while you're making your picks here, Michigan versus Colgate over under six and a half, um, but only one and a half point dogs for Colgate. This is the easiest bracket I've ever seen assembled in attorney history. Yeah, I mean, I think are so. you kidding? Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> Penn State and Michigan Tech, I can name probably 10 teams that didn't make the tournament that are better than them. Yeah. And then Colgate is awful. I mean, they just happen to be – I don't know how they won that tournament. But, yeah, Michigan is rolling right now. Um, they, they lost with that juggernaut team last year. I've got Michigan minus two and a half both games, the first game and the second game. I'm going to take uh, Michigan and Penn State and then Michigan walloping Penn State to make it to the frozen <laughs> foot. All right. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm going to, I'm going to go Michigan, of course. Uh, sorry, Colgate. Um, and then I'm going to take Michigan Tech. In the second game, uh, I think Pietola is going to come back in the tournament, get, get back in his groove again. And then for the winner, I mean, I want to go Michigan Tech just because it would be different, but they just don't have the scoring power. And, I mean, Michigan's unreal, so I'm going Michigan. I, yeah, I, I, I got Michigan Tech beating Penn State as well. I, I like that. Um I just like Michigan Tech. I think they're they're nails. They're always nails. They're smart. They they play in the CCHA, so they're just grinders. Yeah. Fucking bunch of engineers. They'll just build a bridge. <laughs> They'll build a bridge to the the championship game of that region. Yeah. Um I actually Trevor, I'm so glad that you took PSU. I've actually got tech in that game as well. I do think Piedela comes back out and makes a difference, but I don't think that is the difference. Um, I think there's been a lot of PSU fans who have been arguing with Minnesota fans and everybody else online about them crying about their regional, which we'll get to in a second here. Um, but they've also been ridiculing the Michigan Tech fans, not realizing being, I don't know that they've played them a lot, if, if at all so far, um, not realizing that they travel pretty well and they are the most annoying group on the planet. They're going to bring their stupid flags. They're going to bring that annoying band. They're going to play music throughout all of their penalty kills. And it's just going to rattle Penn State in that first game. So I've, I've got Tech. I like it. Uh, okay. And so far, we've got the the last one. You know, we're saving the best for last year, in my opinion. Um, you know, not biased in the least there a little bit, maybe. Uh, but uh, Minnesota versus Canisius, that's your one versus 16 seed. Um, then you've got St. Cloud State versus MSU Mankato. So, um Game notes here on that first one, Minnesota versus Canisius. Uh, it would not be the first time that Minnesota lost in in uh, in Dakota that when they were playing the 16th seed. I mean, we've got the Holy Cross memories that we've discussed at length here already. There's bad bad vibes, bad juju already. Uh, I just think this Minnesota team is a wildly different animal, and I, I think that you know it's not really going to be that close. This is the only one that's got. Uh, spread of two and a half here over under a six. I think the Gophers hit that by themselves, but give me the lock of the century Gophers over Canisius. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Right. Right. All right. All four down for Minnesota there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a no brainer. 
This St. Cloud Minnesota State though, that's that's an interesting matchup. That's that's a tough draw for both those schools. Yeah, yeah. So that's where you kind of get into um, the way that both of them been both of them have been playing as of late. Um, obviously, St. Cloud since they played Denver, they swept them there. Um, but since then, I mean, they went on like two wins in their last in their last ten games to finish out the season, and then they ended up going on a run and winning the Frozen Faceoff. So. They're on a heater, and then you've got Mankato, who has struggled at times this year to close out all of their games. They don't have a stellar goaltender to rely on, and then their, you know, their offensive weapons have been kind of missing this year. Um, obviously, they lost the the number one person um, to Arizona last year, but um, it's it's tough to see them coming out of this game just because they have let some of these other teams get a lead or come back into games. And if you give St. Cloud a lead. Uh, it's going to be really tough to come back from that. The only red flag I've gotten this one would be um, St. Cloud's penalty kill is terrible. I think they're damn near sixty in the in the nation, like fifty five or lower. Um, so if if they get into penalty trouble and kind of find a way to to lose their cool a little bit, then you could come come to see some Mankato goals. But um, give me you know Bossy or whoever's playing in the net for St. Cloud and, and give me the Huskies here as, as tough as that is to say. Yeah. Yeah. We get that. I, I love, I love the Huskies. They're probably the St. Cloud's probably the second team I would want to win, but you know, there's this guy on Twitter that just fucking badgers each and I <laughs> about just the stupidest shit. And it's like, God damn it. He, he's making me hate St. Cloud and I don't hate them. Uh, same. Hey, I did not hate them until almost the end of last year, but for sure this entire season. <laughs> I'm going I'm to take St. Cloud in that one. I like the Huskies to win that. They're definitely going to play Minnesota in the championship game in that regional, which should be fun to watch. Mace? Uh, I'm going to take Cato. Um, St. Cloud's got a lot of injuries right now. Um, and Cato's power play is really good, and St. Cloud's power play is really terrible, or penalty kill is really terrible. So, I mean, I think St. Cloud might take some stupid penalties and give the Mavericks what they need. So, I'm taking Cato. I'm, I'm going I'm to follow as well. I'm taking Cato. I think that the St. Cloud curse continues. Um, and it doesn't matter. I have the Gophers winning the next game anyway. So. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, I'm gonna take something backwards here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going. I'm going Gophers to beat St. Cloud as well. That that freight train isn't. They're not being stopped by the Huskies this year. So, Mace, Gophers or Cato to go? Uh, I'm taking uh, Gophers for sure. I'm hoping that this jinxes them. Oh, <laughs> so. <laughs> On that note, um, just just talking about the the rivalry that still exists to whatever extent between Minnesota and North Dakota, there was a lot of people online that didn't want to admit that there was no strategic advantage for Minnesota going there or placing any of these other two schools there, which the committee thought that there would be having you know less travel or whatever. If you haven't been paying attention online, it's impossible to find tickets for this game. And I just saw two resales on secondary market going for $1,800 a piece. So anybody that thinks they're going to the game is out of their mind. And any like advantage that you're giving these teams or fan bases just doesn't exist. So whatever the NCAA was smoking when they thought that that was a real thing, <laughs> because this was already sold out before they, they seeded the entire bracket, 
they they have to like answer for those crimes against hockey like it's not good for the sport in my opinion to be placing them there just for the fact that it is you know convenient i understand that we've got some poverty schools that don't have the ability to travel and it costs you know the the program more money but if we're not you know going to follow the pairwise when we're seeding teams after we followed it all year long at least to some extent, then what's the point in even using it? Why not go with the popular vote for all these other things when we think that we know better anyway? So um, yeah. that's the beef I've got with it. What are you guys' thoughts? I I just don't I don't see any reason why Minnesota State and Michigan Tech can't switch spots. Uh, yeah. To me, like you got St. Cloud playing Michigan Tech, okay. Um, and then Michigan, Minnesota State's with Michigan, who I think Minnesota State's playing better than Michigan Tech right now anyways. So Correct. that makes Michigan's bracket a little tougher. I, I don't know. I, I don't understand how they do it. Obviously, there's there's got to be a little method to the madness. But, yeah, it's clearly just people just putting in their opinions and then they make a choice. Right. And it's it's one of those things like technically the 11 seed is supposed to be with that three seed and that would make them in Allentown this year anyway. So, I don't know why they didn't just leave them there. I get that it was supposed to be the 6-11 matchup and they just brought the whole matchup over, but then you're fucking the integrity of the one seed. And like everybody was saying, oh, the difference between Harvard and St. Cloud is not that big because Penn State has to move out of Minnesota's region anyway because they're the eighth seed, but they're hosting in Allentown. Move Minnesota to Allentown. If they're not going to have a strategic advantage being you know that geographically close because they can't get tickets anyway, why not give them at least a neutral site and then keep the integrity of your bracket and not have this problem in the first place? Like it, it would make everybody happier other than like the six people that, you know, thought that they would have been able to get tickets delusionally for some reason. And yeah, yeah, it's just insane to me. It is. Yeah. I, I think that whole process is just booty cheeks. I mean, everybody in the world wants the, the high seats to host. I right. just, the, the NCAA will never allow that. They'll, but yeah, I I just think the whole thing is cheeks, if I'm being honest. A hundred percent. And then, you know, a lot of these other ones that we're talking about, like Manchester, New Hampshire, like Western and Denver, it's gonna be such a nightmare for any of those fans. And don't get me wrong, some of the fans will go out there to watch those games, but like how much of a nightmare is it to like fly into Boston or whatever other city is even remotely close to that, have to rent a car, drive a couple of hours all the way up there? find some lodging that's going to be insanely overpriced anyway. Like why wouldn't you just leave it at some of these other locations? You're making it so much harder on people to watch. I actually had a conversation with uh, Scott Sandlin when I was up in Duluth, he was at the rink when we were putting the boards up. And so we had a chat and this conversation came up and they're like, he's like the NCAA will never allow the, the top seats to host. It's just never going to happen. But he would like to see these regionals in um, college rinks. He's like, but let's use let's use that as a way to show off what college hockey is, even though, right. you know, it's still a neutral site, but it's in a college arena where you can pack fans. It's, you know, instead of playing in Cincinnati, where Gage and I played and we had 300 people there. Yes, right. they were all North Dakota fans, but it was like <laughs> it was 300 people in Cincinnati. It's like, what, what, what the fuck is the point of this? Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like. I would still prefer to see the Allentown or one of the other East ones brought over to even Cincinnati. Granted, I think, you know, anywhere in Ohio is cheeks, Um, but I like Chicago or Detroit or one of these other cities. Like they're not 
college hockey cities, but at least they're Midwest cities or, you know, home to Western style hockey. Like having three of them on the East coast, when the majority by a long shot of the last decade of playoff teams is from Western hockey. Anyway, it it just hasn't made any sense to me. And I get that they're predetermined and I get, it's not going to be that way forever, but we're, we're talking about a long sustained run of success from, from Western hockey and representation in these tournaments. I just don't understand why they continue to push. Everything has to be in the Northeast. I understand that there are more teams there, but I don't think there are more quote unquote quality teams there. You've got a couple of good schools in the ECAC, the top two or three in hockey East, and then whoever's coming in from the Atlantic and then everybody else, the competition is coming elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just don't, their their whole reasoning on having these regionals is like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna fucking we're gonna grow the game, you know, like we're gonna make the game bigger by going to these towns where no one watches hockey, and we're gonna grow the game of hockey. Like, no, you're just no one's gonna come watch hockey because they don't give a shit about it. That's, yeah. that's right. just what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then here's the thing: is like anybody that's defending college hockey and like bringing up highlights or whatever, the, the first comment you see on all these is, Oh, I'm glad the fans came out to watch or look at that fucking empty barn or everything else. So you're just constantly getting like ridiculed and beat down for something that it's not, it's not like that throughout the entirety of the season. The only time you really see that is in these regionals when it should matter the most. So it's just, you know, yeah. incredibly frustrating. I've got a little hypothetical for you guys on the tournament here, and this can be applied to the NCAA men's basketball tournament or the hockey tournament. So um, if you stick McDavid on Canisius, do they have a chance to beat the Gophers? Yes. Yes. Like how good of a chance does that give them? Like just McDavid on the team, like are the Gophers scared of Canisius or is it not like, is it not that big of a deal? Uh, I mean, McDavid is so fucking good, man. He is insane. Here's the thing. Like, even if you have somebody that's got the skill of McDavid, like his endurance is something else too. Like his time on ice is pretty crazy. You know, most nights anyway, as well. So like, if you're talking about. If McDavid's on Canisius, he's playing 40 minutes. Yes. A hundred percent. And it's. I'm trying to think of another good example of somebody that has, you know, pretty good talent, but doesn't have the endurance or just, you know, doesn't scrap for that long. Um, and, you know, the only one that comes to mind is Ovi, who just sits in his kitchen and waits for a one T to come across and just expertly places it every time. But yeah, I mean, like even that, I think, gives you a really good opportunity. Like college kids can pass the puck and, you know, it's hard to cover one guy who's just standing out there by himself. And if you watch his highlights more often than not, he's standing there stick at his waist waiting for someone to get set up. I, you can do that. I think I think McDavid walks around everybody out there and scores five goals himself. Yeah, I mean so we see you, that so, in the so, NHL. So, so would you? Do you think like if McDavid's on Canisius, like you might pick him to go to the Frozen Four and almost damn near win the thing? Yes. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't think it has that much of an impact. Uh, I struggle to say that because if you get some of these physical teams, like there's some NHL ready players who are, you know, willing to make a name for themselves. And we're getting into a hypothetical here. Like, do these guys know this is McDavid? Are they going to try and lay a body on him just because that's who it is? Or is this just like, you know, somebody of McDavid's skill that's going in here? Um, And so I don't know how to answer that one, but I, I think you can get some of these more physical teams who take away the neutral zone 
and kind of, you know, isolate or focus on him where it makes it a lot harder for somebody to get him the puck um, that I think they would still make the frozen four. I don't know that they'd be able to win it with just one guy. No, I think, you know, if you go to the basketball tournament and you put Giannis on one of these teams, I think it has a much bigger impact. Like you throw Giannis on any of these teams, like he's put, he's dropping 60 every night, every day, every game. Yeah, that's fair. Well, here's, here's, here's the thing with that though, is like Giannis has like 60 pounds on most of these college, college players. Like when you see these young guys make the transition into the NBA, like none of them are as tiny. small as Kobe. Yeah, none of them are even as small as Kobe was when he got in there or some of these other guys that, you know, could go straight from high school. But like even the guys that have been in college for two, even sometimes three years, they're so small. It's just so hard to put on mass for some reason um, until you get a little bit larger there. So, you know, if you stick Giannis, even in a position that he's not used to playing, I, I think he can dominate think, that. Think, think of Zach, Zach Eady and the Purdue yeah. Boilermakers Nobody in the world thought they were going to win that game except for FDU. And they yeah. found a way to defend Edie and win that game. So I don't yeah. know. I, I, yeah. 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 It's fun to think about. It'd be so, it'd be, it'd just be so cool if you could just put someone out there. Like, or, you know, who, who looks worse on the ice or on the, like, just a high school player who played JV? Does he look worse on the ice in this game? Than a high school player would play JV in a basketball game. Like, can you hide more in a basketball game than in a hockey game or no? I don't know if you can. Is, is I think you can for physicality, for just because of that. Are we are yeah. we talking are we talking like the guys playing normal minutes both in a hockey game and a basketball game? Yeah, yeah. Ba- basketball game, stand in the corner and pretend like you're gonna shoot a three. Yep. If you could take him out of your offense and, and your defense, really. Yeah. I mean, Nate Robinson had a you know pretty successful NBA career and he was about the height of a JV basketball player. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're Muggsy talking... Bogues. Muggsy Bogues wasn't even like five foot. Yeah. But but hockey, if you're playing a normal shift, like you can tell if you're a JV player versus a <laughs> oh, yeah. player. You'd yeah. you'd have to put him on like right wing or something or left wing and just Hopefully oh, yeah. the other two guys just keep the puck. Like if you put him on D, you are he is toast. He is fucked. Well, well, just imagine planting him in front of the net. Like any one of these guys is going to push him over, and maybe you're trying to get some penalties out of it that way. But like you're getting a guy, he's going to be laying on the ice for ninety percent of his shift. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be fun to do those little. It'd be fun to do those little experiments. Just just toss an average Joe into a game NBA Finals game just to see what he looks like out there. Yeah. I think there was a a family guy clip from a long time ago. It might've been even season one when it came out, it was uh, they had like a make a wish kid wanted to play in the, in the NFL. And so they actually just, you know, stuck him in a game and, you know, first play, they give him the ball and he just gets, you know, dog piled and they they obviously make fun of it, but that's exactly what would happen. Like if you put him in the real game scenario, it's like that video of the blind kid playing football. I feel bad laughing. That's one of the funniest videos ever. He's running the opposite. And then that, that meme, it's got like the, the metal music playing after it. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is going on? Yeah. That's the song. <laughs> yeah. So long story short, I mean, anything with, with a physical element, I think it's a lot harder. Um, but I don't think any of it's easy. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, um, we'll move on to the fun stuff from that, get get into more of these hypotheticals, I guess. But uh, we'll start off with the nail gun of the week. Does anyone want to start us off? I think you go. Okay. my I've got a couple here, actually. <laughs> no. Okay. I've got... <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm gonna go first then because if you're gonna if you've got a couple, there's a yeah. good chance that one of mine gets taken, and I'm taking a group. Uh, I'm taking the Wisconsin Badgers women hockey women's hockey team. Three out of four is nothing to scoff at. Good they call. are they, they are everything. ranked. They were yeah. in the top four this year. Yeah, they are everything that their men's program wishes they were, and you know we'll see what the coaching tree is able to do um, in this off season for them. But they're the epitome of success, tenacity, and whatever other positive, you know, verbs and and descriptive words you want to be throwing at these girls. Um, I think they are um, something to be looked up to, and no shade against Ohio State, um, except for the fact that I mean all the shade in the world. I don't think I've had anything nice to say about Ohio State ever, but uh, I just. I think they worked their ass off and to, to win, I think it was a one Oh game in that championship, unless they scored one late before it changed, but um, just gritty yeah. way to, to win a game. And it was uh, awesome to see. Imagine winning the natty one, nothing. That would be so n- nail biting, nerve wracking. Yeah. Holy fuck. That'd be crazy. <laughs> I'd yeah. be so rattled as Ohio state. We couldn't even fucking score a goal in the national championship game. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm gonna go with a quick one. Trey Turner hitting bombs at the uh, the baseball. What is it? The World Championship, World Baseball Classic, or World Championships? Baseball. Yeah, yeah. WBC. I don't, know. I don't know what it is, but he's just hitting bombs. It's all over my Twitter, so he's my nail <laughs> Yeah, that's a good call. Oh, uh, you say? Yeah, the only the only you know I'm gonna reveal the curtain here a little bit. They they sent all of the you know offensive powerhouses to this tournament, and there's been some you know. Um, negatives in terms of people getting hurt there or whatever that, that people are talking about. But they didn't send any of the super like high-end pitchers down there. So you're seeing a lot of meatballs sitting right over the plate waiting to be just jacked yeah. out of the park. And don't get me wrong, I love seeing it. Like I think baseball needs more of that. But um, I think that has a large part to do in, in why we're seeing so many high-scoring games and, and more fun yeah. games down there. I think they're. I think they're losing today. Anyway, U.S. is losing to Japan. Japan. Somebody said that's going to be the most watched baseball game in history, just based on um, the the TV rankings that the previous games have uh, have garnered. Just another reason for the World Cup of Hockey to come back. Yeah. Hey. Amen. <laughs> um, I got two quick ones here. Um, uh, I'm going to start with the Cuban baseball player who defected out of Cuba during the World Baseball Championship into the U.S. I mean, just getting out of that dictatorship, starting a new life for him and his new family. I mean, it's not much else yet to say. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even see that. That's nasty. Love it. All of a sudden, like, they, uh, their team flew home and he just wasn't on the plane and that was it. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I just said um, adios and started posting up camp in Florida. <laughs> Apparently, Great he's the play. first person to defect, like in the Cuban, I don't know, baseball championship or something. So I just thought that was cool. Second one, I'm going Tory Krug. Man got 26 penalty minutes in one shift. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's nails. Yeah. 
I saw Oshi rack up 17 in one play, and I was just <laughs> baffled as to how that was even possible. But, you know, Krug outdid him there. He what, got did Krug do? Different... what did Krug do? Like, jump a guy, fight, two-hand a guy over the back of the head, and then call the ref a cunt or something? <laughs> he he started, but I think he just got, like, a regular penalty or something, and then he chirped the ref or something. Or, no, he, like, swung his stick because he was mad, like, on the way to the bench, and the ref thought that was, like, an attack at him. So he's like, okay, unsportsmanlike. And then Krug gets in the box, and he starts just whacking his stick on the glass. Suddenly he gets some misconduct, and then apparently it just doesn't stop from there. He's whacking it and just fucking wow. yelling at the ref, and they give him a 10-minute, so. <laughs> so yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. All right, I'll go here with my nail gun. I've got, a, I've got three of them today, um, this week. Mace. Did you get my text? Look up Antonio Ribello, um, 1992 Barcelona Olympics. He lights the torch. Um, this guy's an Olympic archer, and he just shoots an arrow that's on fire, like, across the stadium and just nails it on this torch. And it's absolutely <laughs> insane. He's just he's just got a bow and arrow with the flame on it and just like, all right, just launches it like across a football field there's a ton of people there and it just lands right in the torch and just fucking hammers it it's unbelievable it's so electric um i saw that on twitter i I, it was just i was like this is one of the sickest things i've ever seen this is (laughs) unbelievable um so i wanted to shout him out um and then my second one here is wrongfully wrongfully convicted sydney holmes gets out after 34 years of serving a 400 year sentence um, for an armed robbery that he didn't commit. So I always like seeing those stories, guys getting out of jail. I mean, I I don't like seeing them because 34 years in prison for something you didn't do is absolutely fucking bonkers, but um, he's out now and all is good. So I want to shout him out. And then my third one, for sure, I thought some. I thought someone else was going to take this, but I have to mention it now. Um, the stripes that jumps on top of the net to see if the puck goes in in the KHL—unbelievable stuff! Just fucking. This ref is so into the game. You gotta love it. Like that's how I want my refs. Just completely into the game. Fucking eagle eye and everything. You know. Yeah. You could tell. Like I don't know if that guy took an Adderall before. He had like eight cups of coffee, but that guy was amping. I mean, it it, it fired me up. It, it really reminded me of like those uh, those wrestling refs that are really putting on a show for everybody else. They slam down on the ground and they start, you know, giving them the count or whatever. The way that he was laying on top of the net, I was ready for him to start, you know, counting, waiting for somebody to tap out. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. you know, kudos to that guy. He was he was all in, and I love to see it. Putin must have been in the building or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, man. You'd think. Here's the oh yeah, here we go. Look at this. This is just insane. <laughs> Look at this fucking guy. He's got white pants on. <laughs> Not at all what I would expect this guy to be doing. Just Look looking at, at him. Watches it. There's no way. I mean, are you kidding me? No way. <laughs> what? Just in the dark, oh too. Oh, my God. For the listeners, you can pop onto YouTube and you can check this out or just look it up yourself. It is electric. 
That's unreal. What a way to start the Olympics. That just sends a, sends a dart. What was that, like 200, 300 meters? 200 meters? I don't know. I mean, does that guy There's just get ways. the gold medal? Do they cancel the the uh, the Olympics for archers and just give it to him after that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that'll conclude the uh, nail gun of the week this week. Um, we'll move on to the candy ass, which I actually I don't have a candy ass for this week. Oh, uh, I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. But if anyone else wants to go and, and mention someone that's a candy ass or they saw someone, I'll, I'll hop on board and call them a candy ass as well. So. <laughs> um, I, I got nothing. Mace, do you have one before I go on a diatribe here? Uh, yeah, I can throw in yeah. one. Um, I'm going to say my one of my candy asses of the week is the Mean Girl pod from Barstool. And if you guys don't know about it, I mean, if you follow Barstool Sports, you have to know, but I mean, at this point, I literally think they're, like, drumming up these terrible takes just for clicks. I mean, they released a (laughs) podcast episode and a clip last week, and they both said they didn't wash their hands. Yeah. Because there's less diseases nowadays. Yeah. And it doesn't do anything. (laughs) What? (laughs) And then some people at Barstool now are like, chirping back at them and saying like oh we don't like this pod or whatever like they're good people but terrible pod and yeah i just started to think that it's all artificial it has to be is are these the girls are these the girls that said women should be allowed on boys trips yeah yes yeah. Same too. To, yeah yeah that, okay they're strictly just doing it to piss people off well, they're doing what i do on twitter times 10 there was another clip in between those two that like, and again, I think this is the last three weeks in a row or it's all within the last month here where they thought a T-Rex was the one that had wings. And then they were talking about methodical instead of mythological. And like, I don't know if they are just stupid and like nobody talks to them or like lets them know because they're, you know, attractive girls and you can't talk down to anybody anymore. Or if this is all a bit, and I, I am leaning more towards bit now, just because like you can't have this many stupid conversations routinely caught on camera. Like it doesn't happen that organically. Like we're stupid, but not that stupid. I mean, one of them said they didn't even know a meteorite killed the dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh no. That's well, like and then one of them thought when they brought that up, they're like, "Oh no, 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 that's the Big Bang," and I'm like, <laughs> "Okay." Oh. But I mean, like even like the. The clapbacks from other Barstool people, I think, might just be another tactic from Barstool just to get even more attention or attraction. Oh, so you think it's a conspiracy that I like that? It's all, I think it's all inside. I like it. Might that. It, it might be. It might be. I mean, that's it probably that's, is. That's what gets clicks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah we crossed so. that threshold now. <laughs> yeah, that's um, going to be well, my candy ass. I've got I like like that. I've got no candy ass. I've just got, you know, we were talking about a lot of playoff hockey and the teams that made it, how they got there and the the organization, whatever. Uh, I'm going to shout out the Alaska Nanooks, the first team to be cut, uh, sitting at 15 right now. Colgate technically took their spot by winning that ECAC tournament. Um, They played really well down the stretch. They've got, um, you know, uh, at least – 
three ranked wins. Um, one against Denver, who's number four in the nation, and they took down Notre Dame and somebody else who I'm forgetting at the time. But, um, you know, you can only control who you play. That's the defense that the ECAC and Atlantic and everybody else uses all year long. But the fact that Alaska doesn't have the, you know, proximity advantage of going to continue to use that to have, you know, less travel to play some of these other teams, they're forced to be playing, you know, uh, Alaska Anchorage and some of these other squads routinely throughout the year. I think they matched up with them six times this year, which is just insane gauntlet um, to be facing off against somebody. And it's a miracle. Nobody took anybody's head off, but um, past that, I mean, coming down the stretch, I think they lost one out of their last nine or 10 games and uh, just did everything they could to put themselves in a good position. And it just didn't work out. So sucks to see that for them. Uh, but uh, you know, shouts out, shout out to the boys for, for putting a hell of a season together. They'll be back. They'll be yeah. back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, I'm just uh, fingers crossed they're able to get a conference together that yeah. uh, both of the Alaska schools and some of these other further west schools can kind of be a part of. And um, I think it would be better better for hockey to get some of those in there. And, you know, one other thing I wanted to touch on here, and we can spend as much time or as little as you guys want on it, is if hockey determined that they wanted to expand the playoffs would you guys want to go to 20 and just have a play-in game for each of these for that last spot or would you want it to go all the way to 24 and add an additional two teams in each one of the regions 20 20 for sure 20 until i think i think i think in i think for sure and like i don't know how long it'll take but 20 years maybe yeah. Um, we can get up to 24. I think it'll get there. Like we're adding teams, um, you know, Arizona state's good right there. Alaska almost makes the tournament, you know, Lindenwood and Augustana are coming. Um, I think Long Island university is also there. So we'll, we'll start to see some, some progression here, I think. But, um, I think honestly we could do 20 right now. I don't think yeah. it would be, you know, like some of the, the, the last four teams out or whatever, however many, I think those teams are just as good as a lot of these teams in the tournament right now. Agreed. And and it kind of kills me. I get that if you went this, why the 16 was created. I understand that, especially given the, the size of, of college hockey in general right now. But when we're talking about like, we'll just, we'll just say an underdog wins all six of these these regionals like you're cutting off you're only getting the top 10 teams and you're going to put in some of these these underdogs for the bottom six seeds there Uh, i think that's tough and that's not what you really want not that that's ever really going to happen but you you would be looking like a fool if you had a a watered down tournament like that and it it wouldn't be good for viewers and so i think if you do have some of those play-in games um you're allowing a lot better a lot more uh, of those teams to to you know, showcase their talent if they might have just kind of gotten screwed at the last minute uh, or lost their spot to an automatic qualifier. I, I, I like. Yeah. That. I think. I think that all t- the top sixteen pairwise should get in no matter what. Yep. Because they've they've earned the top sixteen spots. You know, it's like the top. You know, the top sixteen teams, or say the top whatever thirty two teams in NCAA basketball. They 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 make the tournament, so it's like there are sixteen teams that could fill out the field, and then any tournament winners that you have are in that playing game. Yeah, with whoever remains next on the pairwise. Yeah. So 
So if there's, yep. two, if there's two tournament champions that weren't originally in the 16, they'll play the 17 and 18 or whatever, whatever it is. Yep. 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 I agree. I, uh, what do you guys, what do you guys think about these, these conference tournaments um, and getting, and getting teams like, that's how American sports are run. You know, you have the regular season, which means absolutely nothing. It just gets you into the playoffs. And then the whole season is riding on, you know, one month of playoff games. And that determines the best team all year. Soccer does it. I know they do Champions League, but like Premier League, you know, there is no playoff. It's just whoever wins the regular season is the champion of the league. And I think that's a cool way to run it. I just like it. I don't know which way is better. Obviously, playoffs are great because then you get you know everyone gets another chance but it just makes the regular season so important you know like if you are to go on and like why do we have these why do we have these tournaments where well okay you just did a great job in the regular season but rit great job in the regular season you did well in the atlantic but you just lost one game so see you the fuck later you know what why not have the regular season champion from the atlantic come into the tournament. I mean, I, I just think that would work so much better, but. Um, yeah, I, I guess that that takes away the dream though, right? If you have a bad regular season, then you have no chance of making, yeah. film, you know, so. It does. Yeah. There's no second chance. Yeah, but, I, right. but I see, but I see both sides of it where it's like, okay, we had a great regular season. Then all of a sudden, you know, you lose one game and you drop out of the, top 16 and you're done you want you know you won the league but you didn't win the tournament in an already you know tight match yeah, yeah yep. i get both sides it's tough yeah, both sides both sides make sense it is fun to have a second chance um but it's like the atlantic like it makes sense in the nchc and in, in the big 10 and the hockey east um because not every team you know is gonna but and they might have a chance to get into the tournament by winning it but Atlantic, it's like the whole, their regular season means nothing. Like they can't get into the pairwise in the regular season. Like they, it's just impossible. Yeah, I had a buddy that played out there for Canisius actually, and he said, you know, the 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 Atlantic tournament is essentially their NCAA tournament because they know nobody's winning that. It's it's yeah. that's what they play for at the end of the year, and um, it, it's just if you if you cut out the the postseason entirely and you just have you know regular season champion is your champion and then the top 16 well yeah then then you just have a lot of these teams that are just like they lose their effort they lose their will to play and you're just giving other teams free wins if they're playing them and it just becomes not not as competitive um at the end of the day that's very true so i i think there's no real good answer there's there's positive and negatives to both of it i think the way that they do it now is pretty good um, one thing I would like them to explore is in college, and this doesn't have to be just for hockey. I think this can go for all sports. If you want to make these other, you know, less fortunate or poorer schools or whatever, uh, people that are having a little bit of a tough time, more competitive sooner, yeah. give them an extra scholarship. If you're in the bottom five or bottom X percent, like give those schools an extra scholarship to run with and let them bring some other kids in, give them a, a little bit more opportunity some of this, to some of these other schools. And that's, I think, how you level the playing field a little bit more. So you, you you would only give Atlantic Hockey League an extra scholarship or like bad teams all around? Because 
what if they end up being good and then they're like, all right, give us that scholarship back. You guys are pretty fucking good. <laughs> I, I I mean, you get a scholarship just for the, you can't just do it for the next year, for the next four years. If you want to give it to the same guy all four years, you can do yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. want to switch it up. But I think you get a, a term where you get extra scholarship. And if you're bad again, that term just extends another year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. That'd be fun. <laughs> <That'd> be fun. <laughs> I, I know that gets kind of into a, a lot of a, a gray area when you're talking about Title IX and equality and whatever else. And you know, if you have a guy scholarship, you have to have a girl scholarship to go with it. And if you've got only one D1 sport for some of these schools, like UMD only has D1 in in hockey and um, women's hockey, but it's it's tough. Because uh, let's just say Michigan goes down the shitter. They don't have – none of those Michigan schools have a women's program. So you can't just say, oh, you know, your scholarship, you gain with your men's team and your women's team. Or if we're talking about the other end of the spectrum where it's, you know, really good this year for Wisconsin women, like their men's team earns a scholarship and they get to give one to the national championship women's team. I understand that that's a gray area that would have to be sorted out. But that was just something that kind of popped into my head to, to make it a little bit more competitive, quicker for some of these other schools. Yeah. And and Ols missed last week, but you know, I had questions about the transfer portal up until now. You know, I, I really <laughs> I, I didn't know how to feel about it, but Schloss kind of had a great point. He's like, you know what, like it's made college hockey so much more competitive. Like there's no more down like teams don't have down years like they would have if yeah. they if the portal wasn't a thing. I, I agree. I agree that the portal um I think the portal helps more than hurts. Um, you know, it's just it's just interesting that they decided to throw it in. And I guess the co- the COVID year kind of screwed everything up. And, it, you know, yeah. it caused players that were having great years or whatever, the ability to come back and play one more year. I think that's awesome and all that. But I don't know. It, it also kind of, like you say, you know, you choose to go to these programs. In college, you get to choose to go to these programs. And I think it's really cool that if players think that they're not getting their shot or whatever, they, they can transfer somewhere else. But they also they miss the fact of like eating a shit sandwich and like learning how to like battle adversity. And so I, I think that the down part of the of the transfer portal for me is just like, the, you know, the internal battle that, you know, players go through they don't ever go through that because they're just, they're moving their problems somewhere else. And I don't necessarily think that that grows them as people, but it might grow them as hockey players. I completely yeah. agree. There's, and I, I posted a little bit about this earlier this week as well, after a conversation, there's positives and negatives. Obviously we talked about a couple of them here. One of them being, like you said, like if you're having a, a bad season or you're not getting along with your team or coach or whatever, you're able to transfer to maybe a less successful program or one where there's less competition, gain some more of that ice time. If you know you're not going to the show anyway, and you're just looking to play while you're in college and experience that, then yeah, I mean, go go have that realization and, and have that experience somewhere else. Um, another positive is like coaches, they, they can recruit you and then leave in the past anyway. And then you're just stuck there with this new coach who might not want anything yeah. to do with you. So I do enjoy that the the players still have a little bit more power now that if they find themselves in that situation, they're not held to a different standard than the coaches that brought them there. Um, but then you see the downside of it specifically in the last couple of years here 
um, some of these guys that are like aging out of the USHL or um, the Nall or some of these other spots where they previously might have had a shot at making some of these college rosters. Now yeah. they've just got much more competition and probably nowhere to go. And all these coaches that may have signed them earlier are just waiting until the last minute because they're hoping to get somebody else that's ready to go in the portal already and not have to train up somebody else to the college hockey game. So yeah. it's really kind of putting a, a, a limit or a, a roof on the amount of opportunities that are out there for some of these other guys in those other leagues to make that leap. Um, and so that is a, a downside that needs to kind of be balanced as well. But like you guys, I, I think it does help the competitive nature of college hockey right now more than it hurts it. It's just tough to see some of those I, other guys lose the opportunity. I think it, I think it helps the, the you know, it's the rich get richer type yeah. scenario where the top it helps, the, it helps everyone though. It does. It does, like, it does. It does, but it helps the top teams yeah. more best, in my opinion. Like, yeah, if you have a really good player statistically at Robert Morris and he wants to transfer and go to Michigan, but not necessarily the top teams, just the, the, Above the, average teams in good leagues like yes. St. Cloud, Western, yes. Northeastern, probably, you know, That's what I, or, yes. if you, or, if, or if you have a good coach. Like I saw a bunch of guys leaving Providence um, yep. and they had a decent year this year. I was like, why is everyone leaving? They must not like the coach there. I mean, I, yes. I'm speculating, but that's that to me. Like I saw five or six guys from Providence in the portal. And I'm like, they don't like the coach. Yeah. yeah it, it's it, got to it, be something on that line. It is pretty crazy that there's, a hundred entrants already. Yeah. yeah. Well over now. And here's the thing, like North Dakota is going to benefit and they need to benefit from the portal this year. I think I just read Schloss's most recent article. They're down to like three or four defensemen on the roster and like one prospect coming up. So they're going to have to steal a ton of guys. Um, I just saw Ludwig Pearson is leaving Miami and North Dakota needs another goalie. And he's been phenomenal. He's got two fifty save games against the Bulldogs. So obviously he's got, you know, something going for him. I think he's been stuck in a pretty tough situation down there without a lot of help. So that's another one that's going to go somewhere. And one that's really shocked me, if we're going to just talk on a, a couple of teams here, the ones that we're familiar with anyway, there's been two or three big names that have left Colorado College. And I thought they were going to have a, a really good year next year. Now I'm not so sure. And maybe they can pick up some good names to replace them with. But um, it's tough to see a lot of their, their offensive power both get signed to the NHL, but also, you know, leave in the portal here and try not find opportunities elsewhere. What if you like put a cap on each team's amount of transfers? So then it's not a hundred people in the first day. Yeah. But then what then, I fear is then like, what if, in a, then what if you want to transfer and three guys already did? So then you can't, I, I think he's saying put a cap on transfer. Oh, in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. makes more sense to put cap on transfer in. So yeah. each team gets four, four, transfers or whatever it might be and, and if you put yourself on the portal and you don't get picked up well and that's your fault yeah yeah well and here's the thing like anybody that goes into the portal can technically still go back to the team that they you know were previously on which is yeah. kind of strange to me but i don't know how many coaches are going to be welcoming those guys back with open arms um without some sort of guarantee promise or heart to heart heart, -to -heart conversation um before that and i think that's a, a tough position to put yourself in as well yeah it's it's so hard for the guys in the ushl though that aren't like first rounders and really good players like they you know 
they don't know where to go because when you're making a college choice, you want, you kind of want to go where, you know, you think you might play and you might have a role and you're kind of looking at all, all these teams that are recruiting you and you're looking at their lineups and stuff. And you're like, okay, do I, would I have a chance here? Like who can I beat out here? Um, And you can't, it's, it's hard to do that with the portal because you're committing before you know what's happening in the portal. Um, so you think like, oh, this is a good setup. Like these seniors are leaving this year. I'm coming in this year. It'll be, there'll, there's going to be a ton of room. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, they brought in three defensemen and you're the, you're the eighth defenseman, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough for that. Um, I do, I do ultimately think it's a good thing, but you know, for me, I know, and I tweeted this out, but it's, it's true. If, if the portal was a thing, my freshman year, I, I most likely would have been gone. I would have entered the portal because we had really good decor that year. I played half the games, you know, some of them at forward even. Um, and it wasn't like I was like playing terrible. It was just, these guys were fucking better than me. Yeah. Um, and you know, only one guy left. Dylan Simpson was actually our captain, really good player. But then Tucker Pullman's coming in, and I know I know who Tucker is. I mean, he's he's a freak. You know, he's he's the USHL Demon of the Year. I'm like, Tucker Pullman's coming in. Like, I'm sitting there. My agent's calling me. You know, he's like, Hey, like you got to go back to juniors. You know, like we're talking about it. Like, um, and I, you know, I remember I had a talk with Hackstall and he ended up, he ended up, you know, kind of, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm staying like, I'm going to try to find a spot any way I can, because I didn't have the portal as an option. Like it was either go back to the USHL, which I didn't want to do. And I liked all the guys at UND also, which is a huge factor. Like if you like the team, it's so fucking hard to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I ended up staying and that's, that's ultimately why I ended up working extremely hard before my sophomore season just because I was like I need to or else I'm not going to fucking play and luckily enough I ended up you know didn't miss a game that season so it was like the one of the luckiest I mean it was it, it turned out great but that's just a scenario where I would have been in the portal I would have been playing for yeah. a different team yeah yeah um I mean the other positive to to bring up with it as well is Teams like St. Thomas or Lindenwood or Augustana coming up, like they're able to load their roster up after maybe one year or even before their first year of of play. And again, those guys are signing up for, you know, we know we're not going to be able to play in the, the national tournament or whatever for however many years, but you're getting that ice time. I, I just looked at St. Thomas's roster this year. They've got 10 guys who were previously on a different college team on, on their roster. So that you would have to build up from your D3 or, you know, normal recruits. And I don't think they jump from three wins to double digit wins this year in, in a one year span without the, the help of the portal there at all. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. There's, so. there's pros and cons to both. It's, yep. you know, it's, it's one of those scenarios. It's, it's probably not going to go anywhere and it's, it's cool that kids get to, pick and choose where they want to go, especially if they come in and it's not everything they expected it to be. Yeah. Um, but it kind of takes away of the, the pride and the whatever of your, of your teams. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Well, Ols, did you, uh, 
you know, before we end here, do, do we want to talk about the best and worst places to uh, just unleash an absolute load? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're talking. Because about- I like that. I love that oh, topic. Geez. I mean, it's there for sure. We're talking about a deuce, not uh, not the other. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I kind of I I would like to discuss because it's kind of a sanctuary time for me. I used to be a very private pooper, and I could only do it in the confines of my home. But I found some nice spots where you can just let it rip, and I'm curious to know if, if you guys feel the same way as me. Absolutely. There are a couple, like a, a handful of them will say, depending on where I'm at in the country or where I'm at at a certain time, that I know that they're guaranteed like, you know, a, a comfort spot or something I can rely on. And it's just, they're old reliable, if you will. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think my, I, I can't really name specific spots. I mean, I could rate them specific spots we talked about, but you know those places you walk into, like it's got a door on it. It doesn't have the underneath shit. Yeah, um, you're just in your own room, like it's it's clean. It's like fucking the to- the toilet is just so clean and white. It's just unbelievable. You're like it's a little dimmed in there. You know there there might even be a, a separate fan for this shitter room. Um, just unbelievable. I mean, th- those are the times where like you're just sitting there for a little while, like. My, this is nice. My my number one is obviously my own home. I can shit with the door open. I can do whatever I want in there. I could I could sit in there for an hour and just absolutely spray that porcelain. And there's just <laughs> not a worry in the world going on. My two spot is the locker room. Locker, really? Uh, the locker room, it's just it's it's your sanctuary, it's your team's sanctuary. And <laughs> Don't get me wrong, after a morning coffee and you're about to go out there for your morning skate, you've got to let that shit out. And in a locker room, you can just do it and without any remorse towards the toilet at all. Um, you, you'll you'll get the understanding that I'm a very aggressive shitter, so um, <laughs> stay with me here. Uh, my third place, I used to hate. I used to hate shitting in this place. But now it's one of my favorite places because – there are no rules and it's an airport. Fuck going yeah. Airport, yes. And it is fucking battleships in there. It does. Every stall is full and everybody is just absolutely giving. It in there. That's why I hate shitting in the airport. Everyone just, the whole bathroom is just. <laughs> I use, see, like the whole fucking time. It just smells like shit. I'm like, Oh my God. Like we're all just unleashing. And I, I used I used to hate the thought of that. I used to hate the thought of it because I'd go in there and I'd be like, okay, I got to keep my shit quiet. And now I just go in there and fucking put my legs up on the hand, on the thing like this. And I, just <laughs> let <her rip. laughs> I just let her rip. Like nobody's watching. Gage, here's the thing. And I, I say this not necessarily for shooting, but it definitely applies to that as well. You're never going to see these people ever again. No. Like if you're if you're out in public in a different state or a city you've never been to or don't plan on going. Oh back, no, like, no, I I don't get embarrassed about shitting. I mean, I'll shit at my girlfriend's house. Like I don't care if people knew I shit. Like people shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not a weird. I'm sorry, I had to shit, and I'm in your house. Like it's not a disrespectful thing. You got a toilet there for a reason, and you had you even had toilet paper out there for me. So you clearly expected me to take a shit. So that's what I did, and I don't feel bad about it. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I'll go through a list real quick. Number one, obviously the house. If anybody doesn't pick their house, number one overall, you're an absolute monster and a liar. Um, and then I'm going to go a, a couple of, or a little bit different direction here is like your emergency shits. Like you're, you're on the road and your stomach just starts to gurgle gauge similar situation to what you had the other weekend with your bad beef stick. Um, there's two spots in mind that I'm looking out for every time that that happens. One is quick trip because there's so many of them around here, especially if you're on 494 going between here or anywhere in Wisconsin, upper Midwest. I think in my opinion, they've got the cleanest bathrooms. If you're just taking a piss floor to not the ceiling, but you know, urinals that go down to the floor, private stalls, brick walls on the side of you. It is premium from a gas station perspective. 100%. Number two is going to be a little bit surprising because it's not right off the highway, but sometimes it is Target. Target is a go-to just because really? it's just like it's just like going to a I love I love the big retail shits. No one's ever yes. in there. It's unbelievable. Never. <laughs> Nobody's ever in there. And it's just like clean and you know exactly what you're getting. And then, every you, time yeah. and then you walk around and you're just like I just took yeah. a nice shit. Felt good. You, just, like, you get just out of there. Around. You go yeah. through. You grab a snack. It's just like the same thing as a convenience store in terms of what's on the way out. They're just right by the registers. You go on the self checkout line. You grab a Gatorade and something else. <laughs> rehydrate after you just lost all that liquid anyway. So yeah, there's a, a little bit of a, a you know look behind the scene here in terms of what I'm looking out for if I'm finding myself in uh, dangerous territory on the road. I respect that. Love that. Yeah. Love that. My, my my whole thing was I was just such a quiet pooper and I was so wor- worried. I could never do it in public places because I was worried that, you know, the guy pissing in the urinal over there is going to wait for me after I absolutely <laughs> bundy this fucking toilet. And now, yeah. now I, I got to the point in my life where I just let her fly. And it's just, it's honestly, it's, it's relieving. It just, all my stress is gone. Here's here's one other thing that that I'll bring up, and it's not as big of a deal now because of the pandemic and the work from home situation and everything else that kind of led to where we're at in today's society. Because nobody's going into work anymore, you don't have the I'm shitting at work scenario where if you don't have the stalls that go all the way to the floor, you can see the guy's shoes that's in the stall. Whether you're looking for him or not, you know exactly who was in there shitting every single time. Percent. I can't believe you brought that up because if I saw uh, somebody in the shitter, I would wait. I would wait at my desk to see who walked in to see who shit, who is fucking. Oh, yeah. shit You're always checking who shit. <laughs> I can't believe you said that because I actually do that shit. A hundred percent. And I'll literally go thing. into bars. I'll go into bars and see people's shoes and then I'll see them walking around there. I'm like, that guy's shitting there. <laughs> so, when I was working in Duluth, I worked in one of the, you know, the bank buildings there and I would go to a completely different floor. And there was like a, a group text that we had on our, you know, a Slack or whatever messaging system we were using at the time where you knew what the code was for that different floor. So you could just kind of go shit in peace because it was kind of shared bathroom, but nobody on that floor knew who anybody else was. You just walk off the elevator around the corner and you'd just be in solitude. And half of those places were empty anyway. So it was just like a, a little bit of trick of the trade there of not shitting where everybody else that you work with is. So you yeah. never had that fear in the back of your mind. Not that I really cared, but yeah. Uh, there was just, if your buddy walked in and you knew it was just you two in there, that's where you throw a nice wet paper towel over the top oh, yeah. of the bathroom or, you know, you fuck with somebody else. 
if you're not in the mood for that, you go and find one of these other isolated situations. <laughs> all right, all right. I want to share my top three places to shit. Okay. Um, house for sure. Um, definitely a uh, really nice restaurant. Those they're always unbelievable. Almost <laughs> like their toilet paper is almost. It's like ripped up and just put on it's like planted on like a little holder off the side so you just like take a swipe it's just unbelievable you're you're psychotic for doing a nice restaurant yeah i was gonna say it can't it can't be too nice otherwise you got the guy standing in there waiting for you to get out and hand you a mint (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's the best yeah i'll take a mint mint. (laughs) i'll take a mint use a couple bucks (laughs) don't tell anybody i was in here (laughs) yeah yeah um and then uh third at work um it's the best because like you just you know you 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 need a little time off from the from the work day and you you have to take a shit you sit down by the time you get up you know you might have some red rings on your thighs um (laughs) but you know like you you take your time in there and you make sure it's all out and you make sure it's kind of aired out you know you got the fan on it's like a single stall um (laughs) but those are the best and then the worst obviously are uh any bar when you're out um you gotta take a shit that is just terrible sometimes you gotta do it but it's fucking tough trevor you're gonna know this one and maybe a couple listeners from duluth would know if there's anybody up there the worst bar worst place i've ever had to find myself shitting roscoe's pioneer bar is no I was flying there. You, Nightmare. You got to realize Roscoe's, my, my mom's maiden name is Home, Denise Home. And it's it's labeled Home Base because that's where our family fucking lives and dies at Roscoe's Pioneer Bar. And I have camped up in there. That's that's an easy one. I'm, I'm sitting at the bar. I'm having a good time. It's like, all right, I got to shit. I just walk back there. I walk right by the touch tunes. I'm just feeling it. And fucking take a dump. The, the the problem I find is we used to go there after work because I used to work two doors down from there, and I would always get sucked into ordering the Chinese food from right next door. They'll bring it to you. You're sucking down yeah. beers. You're sitting on Chinese yeah. food, and by you know an, an hour in, you're finding yourself in a tough situation. And so, like yeah. I've done it multiple times, but every time I go in there, it's a high traffic, like high volume bathroom. There's one urinal, there's one toilet, and you're just getting intimate with whoever else is in there with you. Yeah. How about how about girlfriend or fiance family holidays? Like the other side holiday, and you just take a big duke in the bathroom and it just stinks like shit. Like that is terrible. (laughs) Because everyone's going in there and they just know you like you took the big shit in there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm lucky uh when I when I was staying at Shelby's parents' house, we had a bathroom downstairs with us, so it was just my little nesting area. There was nobody coming down to use that one. They had two more upstairs, so I, I didn't have to worry about that. If I had to go poo, I was going straight downstairs. Same situation with the fiance I've got now is they, they're, you know, her parents have a, a back room. It's like their, their mud room coming in from the garage. You go through their laundry room past that. And then there's a bathroom on the far end. So you're in your own little world back there. You can make as much noise as you want. And nobody's going to be going back there. <laughs> Mace, do you have a uh, top three partner? 
Uh, there, there's something. Uh, so my first one is going to be my house, of course. Um, obviously, um, my second one, this is going to be very specific. Um, I don't know if you guys ever went to gamble hall or even went to classes in general, but, um, if you're walking to gamble on university or even went to classes in general, (laughs) 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 barely, (laughs) So if you're walking to Gamble on Uni and you're going west, so you're coming towards the side where like the union's on and stuff. Yeah. Um, you you don't go in the main door. You go in the first door towards Uni. That bathroom right away on the left. No one is ever ever in there. I mean, I would slam a coffee before going to class, get there a little early, and then just ruin the porcelain. Just. <laughs> That's a great choice, Mace. That's a great um, choice. Best spot. My, Unreal spot. Oh, man. I'd post up for like 30 minutes there and <laughs> put in a shift quick. But um, my third one might be a little odd, but I'm going to go with the woods. I mean, oh, there's, the nothing, woods. there's nothing more relaxing oh, great than call. taking a shit and looking great at call, the stars. Mace. That is unbelievable. Really? Taking a shit outside when you have toilet paper, like in the truck or something, you bring it with, and mm-hmm. you got toilet paper, like, yeah, obviously wiping with leaves, done it for sure a couple times, but that's terrible. But if you have toilet paper on deck, it is, it's so nice to just squat over and take a nice shit outside. Watch, like, the birds fly by. Oh, that is nothing. Wild. It's a the, good the, feeling. It's just the a good only- feeling. The only, the only way you're doing it, the only way you're ever doing it outside is if you have to shit that. <laughs> the only and downside to that too great. is like the the only time you're shitting outside is if it's warm enough. I mean, we're talking like summer, maybe early fall, and that's when you're talking about like black flies and mosquitoes <laughs> and just like a nightmare scenario is possible. Obviously, you get past that sunset twilight. If you're in the dark, probably not so bad. Um but yeah, that's that's what I would say. And the only other good one that you, I guess, brought up there as well, Gage, was the only other time that I find myself shitting outside routinely is like going up to the Boundary Waters, which is yep. one of my favorite places on the planet. But they've got those built-in latrines there. So it's not like you've got to squat over a log or hold on to a branch or prop yourself up. I would say, Mace, you're absolutely right. If you can make it up there like October when all the bugs and everything are gone, you're finding yourself in a premium situation. The most serene and peaceful you've ever felt taking a deuce interesting, oh, yeah. interesting. i'll tell you what i'll tell you what though you guys don't know what it's like to take a dump on a big move inside a customer's house <laughs> uh, i mean because you're like there's there's days you're with this customer for 10 hours you know you're inside their houses for 10 hours obviously you're gonna have to take a fucking shit and most guys on the crew are so it's like it's kind of awkward like you know, you take a shit and people are walking through the house and it just, you know, if you happen to leave that bathroom door open, like the whole hallway smells like shit. <laughs> you know, and everyone knows what's going on. So like customers obviously walk around like, oh, it smells, huh? It smells funny. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this on air or off air, but have you guys ever been taking a shit and you forget to lock the door? <laughs> yes. I did that like two years ago, and I was at my buddy's house, and my mom walked in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, no. And it was so awkward for the rest of the week. Oh, having someone walk in on you. <laughs> when it's mom. like an awkward, like, oh, fuck. 
that's the most vulnerable that's the most vulnerable position a man can be in is him just absolutely letting a turd out that's that's why dogs look around when they're shitting because they feel so vulnerable they're like fuck something can attack me that's why they stare at you when you're when they're shitting to make sure like you're watching them <laughs> and it was one every, that every time right my parents dog takes a shit she's just like <laughs> <laughs> Next week on the has been. <laughs> Good topic, though. Good yeah. topic. That's hilarious. Well, um, yeah, great episode, guys. I think, uh, Mace, you might have to edit some of this stuff out. I don't really want uh, <laughs> some of this stuff on here, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll end it there. That's, that was a good episode, guys. Great job. Um, but yeah, anyways, thanks for, thanks for listening in this week, guys, and, uh, we'll see y'all next week. Bye.